Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 42nd episode of Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. As your host, my goal is to curate the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Charity Water, Scott Harrison. Born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Scott spent his early years as a nightclub promoter and was eventually hired by the likes of MTV and VH1 to throw parties. After experiencing a nightclub shooting in Paraguay, he quit his job and volunteered as a photojournalist for Mercy Chips, a charity that provides humanitarian aid for terminally ill patients. During his time there, he was exposed to the impoverished conditions in Liberia and started Charity Water to serve Liberia and other developing nations by providing drinking water. Since its founding in 2006, Charity Water has funded over 38,000 water projects, supporting 9.6 million people around the world. In this podcast, we delve deeper into his story to uncover how he was able to realize his life's purpose, take action to realize his purpose, and how his journey changed how he lives his life. When was the time in your life where you found your purpose? What was that first step you took when you found it? I spent 10 years running around New York City nightclubs uh, trying to become the best, the king of nightlife, really. Uh, worked at 40 different clubs, serious drinking problems, smoking problem, drug problem, uh, gambling, pornography, I mean, you name it. I'd picked up every vice that, that you might imagine would come with uh, a decade in, in nightlife and had this turning point at age 28, and I just realized there would never be enough. I mean, I was the most hedonistic, selfish, emotionally, morally bankrupt person that I knew, and I needed to make a radical change. Uh, and I, I asked myself this question, what would the opposite of my life look like? And the only idea I had was, well, what if I volunteered on a humanitarian mission for one year, uh, almost as a, as a penance for the 10 years that I'd wasted? And that led me on, a, on an extreme journey to Liberia, West Africa. This was a country that had just come out of a 14-year civil war. There was no electricity, no running water, no sewage, uh, no mail system. And it was really there that I saw people suffering in extreme poverty for the first time. And so many of them because they were drinking bad water. And I, I saw a, a girl drink disgusting water from a swamp for my first time in my life. And it was just in such sharp contrast to my former life. I used to sell Voss water for $10 in nightclubs. People wouldn't want to open the water. You know, they're drinking champagne or booze instead. So I, I wound up spending the better part of two years on this mission and came back just with this deep responsibility to do something about what I'd seen. I, it wasn't okay that kids were drinking dirty water. It wasn't okay that women were walking five hours to some disgusting swamp or river when we knew how to help them. So I really came back just with a very clear uh, mission to try to bring clean water to every single human being on, on earth. And at the time there were a billion people that didn't have water. And how did you get all of these people on board with that vision that you had? Well, I guess um, the nightclub promoter skills were transferable. I mean, the same skills of 
maybe energetic storytelling that could get a thousand people to turn up and queue outside of Velvet Rope turned out to be uh, useful when I was trying to build a movement of, of generosity and compassion and empathy and inviting people to join this, this cause of bringing clean water to the world. So we were throwing events and parties and huge photo exhibitions just trying to use radical creativity to get people to think differently about an issue that really, it's not in our face. I mean, you know, Flint's been talked about a little bit lately, but America officially has 100% water coverage. And this isn't something that we see maybe like homelessness or, or cancer or, um, or even education, which is around us. I mean, this, this affects other people far away. I try to take all of the things that I learned promoting these very fancy and exciting parties all around the world and say, could I, could I put those skills into the leadership of a humanitarian organization to, make, to, to raise awareness, to raise money, and to hopefully help millions and millions of people get clean water? A lot of people have ideas, but few actually execute on them. Like, how do you actually take the idea and start to manifest that and then perform the first actions that push you in the right direction? I mean, I was $30,000 in debt when I started Charity Water. I was living on a closet floor, walk-in closet floor in Soho because I had no place to live. But I was armed with this powerful experience. I had the photos that I'd taken. I had the stories that I could tell that were true, the, the people that I'd walked with that were suffering that needed help. And I just remember working you know, 80 to 100 hours a week in those early years just telling the story. I would go out, I'd meet a guy like you, I'd open up a laptop and I would click next through 50 photos and I'd say, Dan, do you want to join us? And you know, nine out of 10 people in the beginning said no, because it wasn't real. Join what? Join you, you know, some dude like living on a closet in Florida. Um, but then one would say yes. And then yeah, I'd get a little bit of encouragement and maybe a little bit of funding. Maybe you'd give $100 or $1,000 and then I went on to the next. So it was just uh, almost this flurry of activity, but the story was very clear. The, the vision and the mission was very clear. Um, you're invited to this amazing movement, this cause that is growing of people that care about others, that look at the ills of the world and say, not on our watch, we can do something about clean water. And it just started to grow. How have all these stories, your travels, the people you meet, those who have suffered, changed your outlook on life? And what differences that has it made in your, in your everyday life? Yeah, well, I've been fortunate to see a lot of the world. I've been to uh, 69 countries now. I've been to Ethiopia 31 times. So, so some of these places, you know, I've, um, where we work, I've got deep ties to the country. And um, I think it's different now. You know, I've got two young kids at home now, and it, it's definitely a different lens. I mean, when I see children suffering, um, before I saw children suffering, now I'm, I'm imagining my children suffering. Uh, mm. When I see... Uh, there was a woman that I met once in, in Niger in the Sahel Desert of, of West Africa and she told me that, that eight of her children died two survived and she named all of her children and she told me the ages uh, which they died now she wasn't un she was unsure of the cause of death now she's standing next to this horrible water hole it's brown it's viscous it's just it's teeming with parasites and with worms and bacteria and so we know why some of those kids died, maybe why most of them died. But, you know, before I had kids, I almost wasn't able to process the loss of a child, right? That almost feels abstract. And, you know, I can't imagine losing one of my children. I mean, the, the heartache, the grief, 
um, imagine doing that eight times. I mean, how she was even able to to smile, to welcome us into her her home, to to cook for us. I mean, it was uh, it just put things in a different perspective. So I think I'm always really now looking at the the suffering often through the eyes of my children and not wanting any child to suffer around the world needlessly. And what's your best piece of career advice? Boy, I think you got to work really, really hard in your 20s. Um, I, you know, I, um, I see some people do the two-year thing. You know, they change jobs every two years. I mean, it takes you a year just to even understand the context or the company or the organization you're working in. The second year, you start getting good. And really, year three, you start getting good. You start really mastering your craft. And, you know, I, I just feel like people are doing themselves a disservice. So I think that that overwhelming grind, you know, through the 20s and, and really in my case, um, through most of my 30s, has now allowed, you know, a different cadence in life. And now I don't feel like I have to make these trade-offs of being a bad husband or a bad father because I'm just grinding it all the day, you know, at the office. Yeah, work hard and, and stay at one job for a while. Learn, learn a skill. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Scott. To follow his journey, you can read his book, Thirst, and find him on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, where he shares his latest fundraisers, pictures from his travels to places like Uganda, and stories of people who have benefited from Charity Water. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.